Hello everyone and thanks for joining us. We're here to talk to you about housing and about the politics of the Cozy Club. We're going to talk about housing first because as you know, yesterday the government finally launched their housing plan. Uh, it's called Housing for All and we've waited what, almost a year and a half for this plan. You know in the last election housing was front and centre because folks, we have a crisis in housing right across the state. And we don't have to tell you about that because uh, so many of you are living this crisis. And uh, as you know, we have put the issue of housing, accommodation, beating homelessness front and center in our political program. And our spokesperson, Owen O'Brien, has been the most active TD uh, in, in this whole uh, field now for, for quite some time. So the plan was published yesterday, it was underwhelming. I think it's fair to say that despite all of the rhetoric that what we are looking at really amounts to more of the same with a little bit of new bells and whistles. Owen, would, would that be a fair assessment? Absolutely. When when you kind of cut through the bluff and bluster of the big numbers that uh, uh, Darrell Bryan, the Minister for Housing, uh, and his cabinet colleagues were, were throwing at us yesterday, and you really look at the detail uh, behind all of the spin, what you're actually seeing is either A, a continuation of, of the failed policies of rebuilding Ireland, uh, and in some aspects worse than rebuilding Ireland, or in other areas where they're claiming that there's new departures, they are there in rhetoric, uh, uh, but actually the substance of the actual quantity of new homes, particularly affordable homes to rent or buy, is nowhere close uh, to what's required at the moment. And what is it that's needed, Owen? What, what, if you were to identify for people listening, I'm just conscious with people watching this now here with us um, who are renting, uh, people who might be on social housing waiting lists, people who might be back home with their, their ma or their mom or dad and you know maybe with, with, with their own kids and people who might find themselves in hostels or hotels or in, in, uh, in, the, in the homeless uh, accommodation. So just so that we're, we're clear, set out what we actually need because that's what needs to guide us. This government you know, has been disastrous on housing as was the, the previous one. We have to stick to the knitting and stick to what needs to be achieved. J just remind us of that, Owen. So what should have been in the plan as follows. For, for renters who are struggling uh, with rip-off rents, uh, there should have been a, a three-year ban on rent increases. And in fact, the government should have gone further. Uh, they should have put money back in renters' pockets uh, uh, through a refundable tax credit, for example, worth about a month's rent uh, for all uh, renters. They should have also strengthened renters' rights, particularly in terms of real security of tenure. Uh, and they should have ended the uh, substandard design standards for renters. Uh, none of that is in this plan. Uh, and in fact, because the government has linked uh, rent increases to inflation, inflation is now running at 2.2% and it's going to rise further. Uh, I suspect it won't be that long before the gap between inflation and the old rent pressure zones uh, won't be that great and people will be paying far, far too much uh, year on year. For those people who are desperate to buy their own home, first time buyers, people who lost a home previously in a relationship uh, or uh, uh, because of Celtic Tiger mortgage stress, and particularly single people uh, who are obviously on a, a lower uh, household income, what we should have seen is year on year, thousands. And when I say thousands, I mean to purchase at least 4,000 genuinely affordable homes uh, for those people to buy at prices between 170 and 230,000 euros. 
Instead, what we've got is a trickle of affordable homes to purchase, uh, maybe a thousand next year, maybe a thousand, two thousand the year after, and settling on a two thousand a year from 2025 onwards. And even within that, they're not all going to be affordable because while the minister said the average price of those will be 250,000, many of them will be 300 to 320,000, which is way beyond the reach of most ordinary uh, workers. And then, of course, for, for the thousands and thousands of families languishing on local authority waiting lists or living in the private rental sector on HAP or RAS, we're actually going to see less social homes delivered than what Fine Gael had previously promised under the National Development Plan. And for me, probably one of the most appalling details of this plan, and it's a small detail that won't get commented on by many, is on the one hand, the government is saying they want to end homelessness by 2030. But the key uh, driver of ending homelessness, of course, is what we call housing first tenancies. They're a very particular form of tenancy for single homeless people that might have other complicated issues going on in their lives. Uh, we need several thousand of those tenancies as quickly as possible. They're only going to give us 240 a year. So what they're saying to people who are trapped in that cycle of rough sleeping, sofa surfing uh, and emergency accommodation is, oh, well, we might get to you. Uh, but might not be until 2030. And in the meantime, you're just going to have to live in the appalling circumstances uh, that you're in. Uh, the one other thing I would say is, is that at the heart of all of this is a very dishonest presentation of the numbers. And what government are trying to do is bamboozle people with huge numbers, 300,000 homes, even though the majority of those are private sector homes that the government can't control, 4 billion euros of money, where in fact the actual amount they're spending is, is far, far less. What do people want to know? When will the homes that they desperately need be delivered? Uh, and unfortunately, uh, uh, under this plan, they're no closer to being delivered than they were under the last uh, five years of rebuilding Ireland, the Fine Gael plan that Fine Fáil, of course, so ably facilitated. So obviously, Owen, we're going to press on with, with our demands and our programme. I mean, the government isn't going to get off the hook. They've, they've published their plan, but it's still very much game on for us in terms of advocating for renters, for rents to be cut and for no further rent increases, for real affordability, you know, for, as the government say, real people. I mean, working people on, on the kind of wages that are, are common across the economy. And of course, pressing them on the issue of homelessness, which is, it still remains really at, you know, hugely uh, unacceptable levels. Why won't Darrow O'Brien, the, the minister, uh, debate with you, Owen? If he's that confident in his plan, what, what's going on there? Well, there's three answers I don't know. Um, and look, uh, for me, this is never about personalities. This is never about uh, 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 why won't Dara O'Brien debate with me. What's really significant is he won't debate with anybody in the opposition. In fact, he won't debate with anybody at all. And this has become a feature of his approach. Uh, he has railroaded through requests to waive pre-legislative scrutiny on some of the most complex pieces of legislation that we've dealt with. He has brought in last minute amendments uh, that have never even got debated on the floor of the doll because of uh, his request to use the guillotine. So avoiding transparency, avoiding accountability, avoiding scrutiny, particularly of the opposition and ourselves, has been a, a feature of his 14 months in office. And the very fact that in all of those months, he has not been willing to do a single head-to-head -head debate, either with me as the lead opposition spokesperson in housing, or any other opposition spokesperson shows he doesn't want to be held to account and scrutinized. And because of that, of course, a lot of very bad legislation has gone through the doll uh, uh, and the minister thinks uh, that he's got away with it. But let me say this, 
uh, we will continue relentlessly. And not just myself and my team here, but Pierce and his team, because many aspects uh, of our portfolios uh, overlap. And our entire front and back bench team will continue to hold the Minister for Housing, as with all of the other ministers, to account every single minute of the day when they're in the doll and when they're not in the doll, every single minute of the day in mainstream and social media, because we cannot allow this minister to do what Simon Coveney, in fact, Alan Kelly, Simon Coveney and Owen Murphy did before, which is to have four or five years in office to create even more havoc for buyers or would-be buyers, renters and people looking for social housing. We need change. Uh, and if this government isn't going to change, then we need to change the government. Yeah, well, that, that's very well put. And, and the entire Sinn Féin team is on this because housing remains front and centre for us. So Darrell O'Brien can run, but he, he, he cannot hide for ultimately from, from scrutiny and accountability. And I hope that debate happens. He's now said that he will. And um, he's published this plan. He needs to stand over it. And uh, we will hold him to account, not just for the sake of it, but because... We want housing sorted. We want people to have a secure, sustainable roof over, over their heads. But Pierce, um, you know, the, the refusal to debate and, and then, of course, the I, I thought it was kind of ironic that they were launching their big housing plan at a time when they had been caught out again, caught rapid, as we'd say in this part of the world, uh, jammying up a, a, a job for not the boys this on this occasion, but a job for one of the girls and then furiously covering their tracks and trying to tell us that everyone was being melodramatic for calling them out on their their crony, their crony politics. Yeah, it seems like an age now, Mary Lou, since the, the Tisha Meal Martin told us to all move on uh, on this issue. And uh, you know, this is this is part of the course, particularly for Fine Gael ministers. It's not the first time that they're in the middle of a, a controversy about, you know, cronyism, fixing up a job for an insider. Um, you know, we've already had the whole controversy and the 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 issues that surrounded the appointment of Seamus Wolfe. And remember the role that the, the Tonishta, the leader of Fine Gael, played in relation to 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 that role. Uh, we've had the ongoing controversy about Leo uh, deleting the communication but being found out. Uh, that he leaked a very sensitive uh, uh, document, a contract that was worth hundreds of millions of euro uh, to his friend in a, in a rival organisation. And, you know, that, that issue in itself is so significant that the Gardaí for the last 10 months uh, are conducting a criminal investigation uh, into those matters uh, surrounding uh, the, the leaking of that document uh, by, by the Taunashe. Uh, and now what we have is uh, over the summer, uh, we find that uh, the, the Fine Gael between Simon Coveney and Leo Varadkar, uh, they created this kind of makey up position, a position that didn't exist before, uh, for uh, a friend of theirs, somebody who supported them in government over the last term uh, when they were in a minority government situation and they uh, appointed Catherine Sabone to a position paid out of by the public purse, didn't consider anybody else for the position because it was just uh, Catherine Zabone. Uh, and then over the last number of weeks, we hear, hear their, uh, their, their story change and change and change again. So they've been caught out badly this time. Uh, you know, Leo would let us believe that he didn't know anything about this till shortly before the cabinet met. Uh, now we find out he actually knew about it about 11 days before because we had to, he had to release his text messages. Uh, Simon Coveney was telling the committee that there was kind of nothing to see here, that 
uh, Leo didn't know about this, wasn't asking about the position, was just generally saying, I'm going to meet Catherine, do I need to know about anything? It's a curious kind of text message to send. Uh, but we now find out that that was uh, nonsense as well, that actually Leo was contacted by Catherine Sabone. Leo then contacted the minister and the minister then contacted Catherine Sabone that night uh, and, and told his general secretary to arrange the position for her. So this is cronyism. This is insider stuff. This is uh, them, you know, showing us again how they can't be trusted. But it's also that arrogance. Uh, and I must say, from particularly Leo, Leo Varadkar and Simon Coveney, two ministers that, in my view, have been in government for far too long and think that they're above scrutiny, they're above accountability. Uh, and, you know, now we have a new revelation that Simon Coveney as minister is destroying uh, departmental document documents that are now outside of the reach of, of scrutiny and the, and the Freedom of Information Act. So, you know, this isn't over by any chance. Uh, our, our colleague, John Brady, uh, is the, has demanded that the committee uh, meet again. So the committee is going to meet next Tuesday and, and Simon Coveney is going to put on, be put under a lot of scrutiny in relation to the, 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 the inconsistencies uh, and the type of spin that he tried to uh, uh, sell the committee last week. And, you know, it, what struck me most forcibly with, with all of this turn of events was just the sheer sense of entitlement by everybody in concerned, you know, the entitlement to kind of fix up your friends, the entitlement to do it whatever way you wish, the entitlement to not tell the Taoiseach, you know, and for the Taoiseach to look the other way. And then above all else, the to say to people, nothing to see here, uh, move on. It really is, isn't it, Pierce, the worst. It's just such an example of that, like, sleeving, backslapping, old style, old guard politics that we really need rid of. And, and, and I mean, the connection between Galway tents and all of that backslapping and the kind of housing disasters that we have had. I mean, people don't miss that, do they? And no. to our change programme again is government that is beyond that. The, the days of that are, are over. That needs to be knocked on the head. You know, and like, you know, we have to join the dots in all of this year. And Owen talked about the housing crisis and what happened over the last number of ministers and how the crisis has, has developed and evolved. But that's happened because of the type of politics that we have. This type of cronyism, this type of insider, this type of, you know, fixing up your friend, whether it's a state contract or whether it's a position paid out of the public purse, has its consequences, not just for the public purse, but for us, you know, that's how decisions were made during the Celtic Tiger area where developers were put first. That's how decisions, unfortunately, are still being made by this Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael government. And, and what these lads are trying to do, and they are the lads in government here uh, that have been caught out, is they are they, they're doing these kind of deals behind closed doors. And then they are destroying the evidence to so that none of us would ever know about this. And that's very clear. Like, if, if you think about going back to Leo leaking that contract, nobody would know about that because he deleted the records, apart from the fact that Matthew O'Toole, uh, who gave the contract to, made the mistake uh, of, of screenshotting that and sending it to a third party. But when freedom of information requests go into Leo Varadkar, nothing comes back because the documents have been destroyed. And the same thing happened with journalists and with myself who put in freedom of information requests for the mobile phone men messages and answers back exist 
three, four days later, Leo Varadkar actually. But it also goes to about, you know, that type of old style. That is, that's supposed to be gone. These freedom of information about, is about making sure that corruption and that type of style of politics doesn't exist. As for the Tisha, like at the heart of this, at the core of this year is two Fine Gael ministers and them sorting out and boxing off a, a public paid job for a friend. But like the other story here is the Tisha, who's supposed to be the leader in government that is literally sat idly by and allowed these untouchables, which they, they, they think they are, to carry on like this uh, and do that. And there's no doubt, and you're hearing it in your constituency, you're hearing it from people who are not supporters of Sinn Féin, but are supporters of Fianna Fáil and are angry uh, that the double standards that it, that exist and the lack of accountability that Michal Martin is holding his colleagues in government to. But look, this isn't over. I think there's a lot more to be seen here. We need to get the documents released now from the, the department in relation to what was going on. And, and crucially, and, and this is this is what we need to do, is this needs to be brought to an end. This can't continue. We can't be back at this in another three months finding out that another Fine Gael minister has boxed off a job for an insider or has allowed a contract or has uh, had done a deal with a developer and, and, and we live with the consequences. And that's that's why Mairead Farrell is publishing legislation to strengthen the Freedom of Information Act. She's done a huge survey with journalists and people who use that act, looking at the deficiencies. She's forced the minister actually into reviewing the act, even though he thinks it's robust and all of that. Uh, so there is a, there's a lot of work to be done here, but this type of old style politics needs to be stamped out and we're determined to do that. Absolutely. And look, the, the doll is back in full session on the 15th of September and there is a huge amount of work to be done. And what we want to say to all of you is, uh, even though we have a government that still falls so far short of what's required in terms of housing policy, and we still have a government that, that is uh, dancing to the beat of Tweedledum and Tweedledee and the, the old school you know bear in mind these guys have held power in this state now for a century and that sense of entitlement is alive and well but we're not going to be defeated demoralized or set off course because of that there's work to be done here because the housing crisis does have answers it can be solved and sorted and it's our job in the first instance to hold the government to account on that score but then ultimately uh, to set out the policies that can work, that will be a win for working people and families. And that's what Sinn Féin is uh, all about. So now is not the time to be demoralized or to feel in any way defeated. Now is the time to be energized, to be determined, to have our eye on the prize, to have our eye on the ball. And we'll come back into the doll on the 15th of September. Good to go. Holding them to account, advocating on your behalf. Um, so thanks very much for being with us. Thanks, Owen. Thanks, uh, Pierce. And uh, folks, stay tuned because this story is still unfolding.